It's the TV Talk Machine podcast. How is it possible? How did it come back? What is happening? I don't know. I'm Jason Snell, and across the internet from me, again, like old times, is your friend, former TV critic at various places, <laughs> Tim Goodman. Hi, Tim. <laughs> hey, Jason. How are you doing? Yeah, there's nothing much going on, right? Like... <laughs> Did any anything happen? I mean, we were we did episode two fifty. That was in May of twenty twenty. Oh my god, was it that long? <laughs> you know, a year and a half passes. That is kind of funny. And the machine, I had to take the tarp off the machine. Yes, I had to lubricate some of the parts. There, some of the parts were missing. Uh, scavengers <laughs> had taken them away. Sort of a Mad Max kind of thing. Uh, so I had to get some, I had to order some parts on Amazon, put them on the machine, <laughs> rev it up. But you know, it starts up, it starts up. It, it actually works a lot better when I got a brand new microphone. Yes. Well, one of the parts that disappeared was your microphone. That was a good moment. Yes. My scavenger kids took that somewhere. Somewhere. Yeah. I think, I mean, I could have misplaced that. I shouldn't just hang it on them. They're making their own podcast somewhere. Do we really do this in May of 2020? Yeah. May of 2020 was episode 250. The Man. last anyone heard of the TV talk machine. We had lunch yes, last summer mm-hmm. on a beautiful warm day. Oh, it was great. Yeah. And talked about TV stuff. So, but not that kind of TV stuff. So uh, just to catch people up. Because uh, when, when you, when we last did this, no, we kind of were secretive about what was going on. But now you have, have said it now that your sort of two year, uh, two year <laughs> waiting period has passed. Um, you quit the Hollywood Reporter and got a TV development deal, and you spent the last couple of years writing writing TV scripts. Yeah, I did uh, for FX. Yeah, I did a I had a two year um, development deal with them, and it was uh, I haven't even put that on this other thing we're going to talk about lately. I mean, some people do know that I'm it's not I'm not I'm sure legally obligated to do that anymore since. Uh, Although they do owe me a little bit more money, so <clears throat> maybe they'll say, "Hey, we heard this podcast, and now we're not going to put you, you. You you tripped a clause in this thing. We were two years. You know, they don't even care. I don't even remember. Um, but yeah, that was. It's so funny. It's like this is like, I actually thought we had talks, and I think that maybe that's a COVID brain thing. I think I thought we had talked or not that long ago. I mean, certainly not two years ago. I mean, obviously, you know, but. Wow, I'm kind of stunned, and and it, it's I'm you know all my timelines are coming together, and I just like wait, what was I? What did I say? What's out there? This is a real yeah. Station Eleven situation you got here. This is we got we got crashing storylines uh, coming in, but yeah, I did do that, so I took two years off. Um, well, that's actually that's not two years off. That's actually quitting your job, taking this deal, which yeah. was great. I mean, I mean, of course both you and everybody who knew that I did it, uh, the fun, the fun, I told you this. So the funny thing to me was like, yeah, I get this, I get this gig and then, you know, the pandemic happens and it's just like, uh, okay. Um, I mean, there were pluses and minuses to that obviously, but yeah, I did, uh, I did the two years of that. And this is obviously speeding through the story. Uh, I did my two years of that. <clears throat> it was very, um, it was excellent. It was a life experience. Uh, and, hopefully will still be my career or a part of a multiverse uh, career. And I did that for two years and my deal ran out and, but that doesn't mean you're like, you know, out of the business or anything. It's just that I'm not with, with FX and I, I've created things. I've created a show for them. 
uh, that they liked but passed on, and which is you know kind of the industry. And that means you long. get it right. I mean that's that's where that works is that they they paid you to develop it, but when they pass on it, like you can shop that around. Yes, that, it, definitely, and um, and then uh, it's so th- and that took a really long time. That process was really long for me and and for them. Um, I think it's you know some of the rewriting stuff, but the the real part of it was. You know, pandemic thought, you know, I literally thought we were going to die. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we if we recorded this in May, March was pretty brutal in 2020. And and I've, you know, I flippantly wrote this a couple of times, you know, because now we have vaccines and stuff. But I certainly didn't rule it out that, you know, pre vaccines that, you know, someone uh, me or someone I loved could catch it and and, and die. I mean, the, the, we forget those I remember saying that uh, 2021 sucked. And I was like, yeah, that's true. But we did get a vaccine. So there's a plus there. Um, yeah. Back just to take people back with our last two episodes, because we did the, you know, you quit your job and we talked about stuff and then the pandemic happened and there was lockdown and all of that. And then we did two more episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, we did, or I guess three more episodes. We did the episode where you were a skunk, um, sprayed oh things in your house <laughs> that's ptsd yeah we did an episode where you had to get a new refrigerator oh wow way back uh-huh. wow. <laughs> and then we did the episode where we said you know what there's a pandemic on tim's writing scripts or trying to supposedly theoretically and we're just going to park the machine for a while and that was 250 um so so that yeah i mean we went through some stuff it's all in the archive people can go back and listen to us <laughs> go through that stuff um, and then, and then the machine was silent for for nineteen months or so as you did this stuff, and we, you know we talked about it at, at, at the lunch that we had, which was really nice that you got to mm-hmm. work on you got to work on this stuff. Um, and it, it, we're going to talk about your new thing in a minute and why the machine has been, had the tarp taken off of it. <laughs> uh, but one of the it, realizations I think that you had, uh, maybe talking to other people about it, is you um, going forward you can write. Uh, for TV and try to get your your stuff produced, but that doesn't mean like you can't also write other things. Like it isn't an exclusive thing where it's like no 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 Tim, no no never ever write about anything else ever again. Uh, I know that's how you felt when you left THR, but then you know it, it turns out you could probably at least try to do both. Yeah, and it's you know it was and it's really me and the and and. For the two years that I had the deal, you're, you know, I was, it's a, you know, I, I totally immersed myself in it. Obviously, you would have to, and I'd have to, ch- I had to change a, my lifestyle completely. Um, certainly change how I wrote and thought about writing, and the creative process was completely different. And that was, that was, and remains really enriching and fun to participate in. Um, and I didn't actually think about doing any other kind of writing. In fact, I, um, you know this, but I, I had waited um, and had been wanting to, I was going to do a book. I was going to do a book of music essays right. and I had talked to a publishing house and, you know, I was like, here's how I want to do it. I want to do it online so that I can just link to Spotify and Apple music and write these essays. And then people can just like press a button while they're reading it online and hear what I'm talking about. Cause otherwise it's just like, you're talking about the emotions of music and, and I want it to be, to be really current. Um, and 
you know, and then I was to say, well, let's take the best essays of that and make a book out of it, but let's give this uh, online experience to everybody and make the music right there for them and a visceral experience. I had planned for that, Jason, for like years. It was like a pet project. And um, I had like, was paying Squarespace money to to own my thing. I had paid a former student of mine from CCA to help me design it. It was like a dream to do it. Um, and I thought I could do it right when I quit THR and I had this deal. It seemed like the perfect time to do it, except that like I literally had no interest in writing nonfiction anymore. Um, and my brain just needed to focus on doing fiction and because you know the obviously the components of that are, are much different and certainly in rewiring my brain that way and so i just found i couldn't do it and i was like well here's the thing i planned forever and now i'm going to shelf uh and i and i put it away but to to and i didn't do it which was really weird to me i think i did five essays and i don't know how long it was like during the whole pandemic and um <clears throat> I, I was i wasn't disappointed i just thought it was funny that like life is funny like you this is going to be like a pet project that I'm really passionate about. And then I was like, nah, can't do it. Um, but then um, sometime before my deal was done, I did a, a, well, I learned a little bit about how things operate in Hollywood and with a deal and stuff. And I knew that I had, when, by the time they pass on the drama that I wrote for them, um, and they were very kind, you know, and I went through the whole process with them. Um, and the last kind of parting thoughts from them when they're they were like you know this is you know they liked it i mean i know that somebody could be snarky and say well if they liked it well they should have picked it up uh but that's not really how it works there could be millions of reasons why they don't but what they said was which you know i'll take they said um and i don't know if we talked about this before i don't think we did but uh they said you know this is like half of a show this is fx this is half of a show that we would do and half of an indie movie and you know, I I'll take that hmm. any day. It's just, but you know, that's not a show they want to make for for because the other half is not the FX half. Uh, so I had about I think I had about five or six months left on my deal by that time, and you know the the way that the deal works, I'm not going to bog down in it. But um, you know, you're I was getting paid a salary, but anything you do extra, you get paid more money to do a script um, and whatever parts of it. Uh, and if it got picked up, other things would kick in. So they would have had to approve what I was doing next. Like they'd have to, you know, they have to, you can't just write a script and, and have them pay you. Right. They have to say, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Um, and the whole philosophy over there, which is so great, they're so open and hands off uh, at FX. They're just, they were amazing. Was like, just do something that you're passionate about, write a story that interests you and, you know, don't try to wedge it into something that you think we're looking for. And so in the second one, I wanted to do a comedy instead of a, a drama. And I wanted to sort of work those, that skill set. And in the, in the process doing thinking about it a lot, I I just came up with this idea that I really liked. It took it a long time. I mean, that's, uh, you know, the weird part of that job is like, you're, you're just thinking a lot and um, you're paid to think all day. <laughs> you're paid to think all day. It's really, it took me, I have to say, it took me a really long time. I had to talk to a lot of people when I first took the, the deal, because like, I was literally saying, what's, I'm like getting a paycheck and I'm not doing anything. And I've, and it's like, yeah, that's part of it. You just think. And I was like, well, this is awesome. Um, but it's not right. You have to produce something at the end. My son would always joke around. He's like, technically you could probably just go to like live in, 
you know, Paris for two years and not write anything. And I'm like, well, I, I guess I could. But then at the end of the two months when I didn't turn anything in, I would never get a chance uh, or probably another ever deal in the business. But so it was weird to to be paid to think and, and kind of write on your own time. And I really struggled with that. But anyway, this for, so for the comedy, uh, I came up with an idea that I really liked, uh, but I knew immediately it was not an FX show. And I had just been through that. And I was just like, well, I mean, either I take this idea, which I'm passionate about, you know, maybe not as passionate at the time as the, as the drama I developed, but I think this idea works. And, and so, and I could see it working in a couple, I just couldn't, I mean, I was just, I'm covered business and I know FX well enough. I was like, I just, I know those guys. And I was just like, I don't think this is their show, but I just wanted to write it anyway. So I wrote it, you know, in, in that five month period and, um, kind of with the knowing that they probably wouldn't like it, like it or go for it. It turned out it wasn't their kind of show, but I got great feedback from them. And it, it was, you know, uh, people I talked to there were like, really liked it and, and, and thought, well, hey, this is great. This will be work for you somewhere else. Uh, so no hard feelings there. And it, you know, it just wasn't their kind of show, but it was, you know, at the end of the day, I have two really workable, good uh, samples as they say that I can sell around or use them to do something different. And, uh, that worked out, but, uh, to your point at the, as, as those months were ticking down, I kind of knew like at some point you're going to just not have money coming in. And I knew that, right. right? You know, like (laughs) I knew that. And that's, you take this leap of faith, which I took in like November of 2019. And I knew that there was risk involved. And I knew that at some point, you know, either it was either going to work or it wasn't going to work. And then if it didn't, which was certainly more of the higher o- odds, um, that's just how it works down there, um, that you, I'm not going to give it up. Someone keep doing it, but it might require, you know, to tap into your savings, to find a way to do it, and, you know, for a year and then maybe re- reassess. Uh, and that's kind of what I was doing. Um, you know, the, the deals ran out in the middle of November. Um I was in LA. I took some meetings with some people, uh, talked to FX again about the, you know, got interesting, good feedback, positive feedback on that. Um, the comedy and I had to look for an agent, which I didn't have, uh, I didn't need one for my deal, but you know, I, you know, you say you, you pointed out that I had to make the decision that I could do more things. I, I just, I think for a long time at the end, at, at the deal, as the deal was ending, so, you know, a couple of months, I was really on my mind a lot um, that, um, you know, I just wanted it to not look like I was giving up and going back sure. uh, and doing criticism because I, I d- didn't really want to do that full time for sure. Um, I did want to write about music again, too. And then I was like, do I, you know, just in my in my own brain, I was like, no, you you need to do this and you're. And there's a lot of waiting around and we can talk about that, but there's just a ton of waiting around. And when you're waiting around and you don't have any money and also I'm not used to waiting around, I'm a journalist. I'm used to cranking stuff out all the time. And, you know, obviously doing this more, this more, I would think thoughtful and creative stuff uh, on the fictional side, it does take, you know, more time to get it right. Um, Rather than just like in journalism, you know, this very well, like if you do three or four columns a week, 
you don't really think about it because if like one sucks, then the next one will be better. It's just, you know, <laughs> right. It's, it's like the Warriors. They right. lose a the game and like they should have won. And they're like, OK, we're on the back end of a back to back. Well, the next one. Good. Not, good reference there for people who are listening like right away. That <laughs> Tim is yes. talking about last night's Warrior game, which I watched that a lot terrible. of and was terrible. If I could contextualize a little bit, like mm-hmm. I, I think two things are going on, not to analyze Tim here, but to analyze you a little bit. Two things are going on. One is you're totally burned out. Yeah. And so burned out on on being a TV critic. So, you know, you had to not do that mm-hmm. for a while. And you wanted to do right by FX because FX was giving you this two-year deal. And, and so, like, while you're working on that, building up other stuff, I would imagine kind of would feel like, well, that's kind of not what they're paying me for. They're paying me to, to do the stuff for them. I owe them my brain power for these two years. But you're getting to the end of that contract and you're looking at this and saying, well, you know, what am I going to do and how am I going to make money? And you and I would say after all this time, the maybe you've healed from the burnout too and remember all the things that were good that you liked about, you know, the skills you'd built up over the years. And you end up in this very interesting position, which is like, well, what what's my job going to be now? In, in addition to continuing to write for TV and wanting to have that succeed, I am free to do other stuff. And that's sort of the the story that leads to, you know, the <laughs> thing that you're launching, which is the other stuff. Yes. <laughs> So, I mean, I, I, like, because there was really a question when we talked two years ago that was like, is Tim ever going to watch a TV show? Literally watch a TV show. After you quit The uh, the Hollywood Reporter, we tried to do like, let's watch <laughs> some TV. And you're like, I can't even watch TV. Like, I'm, I'm doing movies. I'm drinking natural wine. I'm taking walks. <laughs> I'm not watching TV. And that's that's burnout. It happened to me, too. I get it. Um But like now on this other side of it, it it's gotten to the point where you're like, you started talking about TV shows that you're watching and that you have opinions about. And it's like, Oh, Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. What? And, and so it's like, can you put all that together? Uh, and the answer is yes, friends. And that's why we need to talk about the bastard machine Substack. <laughs> yeah, it was. And, and I'm, I'm super excited about it. Uh, and everything came, everything came together really quickly um, and kind of on the fly. I mean, as you know, um, I think you were actually on, Twitter the night and I, cause I had been off Twitter. Yep. You were on Twitter the night and everything was coming back slowly. Right. Like I was, I was, you're right. I did. And by the way, I should say to people out there that you, you offered many times to fire up TV talk machine and talk some TV. And I literally wasn't watching TV at all. Yeah. Not, I wasn't for a year, like for a really long time. And then when I did, it was just, I would only watch stuff that I knew I couldn't write. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I didn't want to write anything that was kind of the same vibe as what I was going for, which kind of limited some things. Um, and then I was just, you know, I was just reading a lot. I read so much and I wrote a lot. I was spending a lot of time just thinking and writing and taking long walks, that kind of thing. Um, I know it sounds great. Uh, but at some point you're just waiting around and it's kind of miserable. But, um, at the, just recently, I think you were on Twitter and I, you know, I, w- I actually hadn't really been thinking about many other options. I, I will say very I thought a very funny story about what good friend of mine came over and we were drinking wine in my house. And I told him that I was just going to probably live the next year, just like on my savings if I could. And he looked at me and he's very like fiscally conservative. And he's like, uh, dude, dude, I don't think that's going to work. I think you should get a job. And I was like, well, I don't think that's how it works. Like I, I can't like get like a, 
I mean, maybe I could go back to teaching, but I'm not going to like, I need to really be thinking seriously about this TV stuff because my scripts haven't even really seen the light of day. They've only like three people at FX have seen them. No one else has seen them. So I don't, I mean, I've had good feedback from people who, who I've shown them to and people at FX and, you know, people who are, you know, in the business that I've shared them with, but like, as far as like another place that might make them, no one's seen them. So it's like you birth these babies basically, and no one knows they're alive. And I was like, I'm just getting started. I'm not going to like go distract that and, you know, you know, be a Walmart greeter, which would be fine. But I just, I just needed, and he's like, well, maybe something temporary. And I, I so that planted the seed probably, but I rejected it that night um, and laughed. And he was kind of like, yeah, I think you're going to find out that like you, you you're going to really be on a budget. But um, to, to your point, I made a joke on Twitter. I said, uh, I think the line was a Substack, except for my mental illness. Mm-hmm. And people were like, ah, I'd read that. I'd read, I'd do that. I'd read a Substack from you. And then I think you were also one of the people who basically said, yeah, I think you could do that. I think that would work for like, you. Welcome to the world of being an independent content creator. I mean, like, yeah, I've been doing this for seven and a half years now almost. Mm-hmm. Um, and it actually, I think, is a good fit with you wanting to continue to write and develop your TV stuff. And do and also apply your trade in areas where you have either interest or expertise or both. And the beauty for people who don't know, because I I told my wife about the Substack, and she's like, I don't know what that is. Mm-hmm. Substack, it's essentially a newsletter that also is a blog, so you can kind of read it on the web or read it in your email. And they're very popular, and you can you can uh, sign up and get free posts, and then you can pay and get more stuff. And some people it's all for pay and some people it's all free and some people it's a it's a mixture of both. I think your intent is to do a mixture of both. There'll be some stuff mm-hmm. that you get for free and there's some stuff that you pay for. But the beauty of it is it gives you um, a job, essentially, but you're kind of working for yourself and uh, you're defining the stuff that you want to write about because you are a writer, right? And like your your ability to write about... And to understand something like television and music, your two things that you were a critic of, it, it didn't go away. But when and and anybody who listened to this podcast in the first two hundred and forty odd episodes <laughs> knows this because that was when you were employed at THR. That you know you had lots of ideas about what kind of TV criticism the twenty first century and the twenty twenties uh, deserve. And how to do that. But you were working for THR and you had a succession of bosses who said, no, no, more (laughs) TV reviews, monkey boy, right? More TV reviews. Mm -hmm. So now you don't have that boss. Your boss is essentially to please the people who are unsubscribing to your your newsletter essentially and that's very different right so so it's not maybe it's not going to exacerbate not being on the treadmill and having to watch a zillion tv shows while still having the ability to apply your trade in terms of what you're really good at which is looking at and analyzing and writing about things like tv and music that's what you know that that's great because you know we get your thoughts about that again but you also get to control kind of like how you want to do it in a way that uh, you couldn't when you were employed at the Hollywood Reporter or the Chronicle or the Examiner or or anybody else. Yeah, I, I think there was. Uh, I would say there was two very recent and very distinct Anvil moments where the Anvil dropped on my head, and it, it, I'm still kind of like 
stunned by both. One was obvious to everybody but me. Um, but I also didn't really know much about Substack. I wasn't, I mean, I knew lots and lots of writers were going over there. I just never went over there and did it. Like I just like didn't watch TV as well. So I was just, I was reading my books and doing my writing. Um, but I knew that a lot of people were going over to Substack and quitting the New York times and quitting major publications and starting their own Substack. Um, so it wasn't like I didn't know it. It just was never, it just didn't occur to me that I could do it or right. I should do it. It's like a perfect fit. I just, I mean, what you just described literally of like doing what I had been doing before, but also having the time without a boss and without having the time to, you know, not do it full time. But even if you just did it half time and, and like wrote a book, which I'm, I'm doing, uh, or, or keep writing TV shows, you can do both. Yes. I, it just never occurred to me until kind of that night when I was joking around and then people were saying you can do it. And then of course you, uh, turned me on to Craig and, uh, I mean, uh, from, from another person from Substack, um, who you follow, right? Yeah. Craig Calcaterra, who used to be a baseball writer for NBC and they laid him off and he started a Substack where he writes a newsletter called cup of coffee, which is five days a week about baseball and other stuff. It's sort of half about baseball and half not. And you know, it, it's great. And I pay him and I, I read it every morning. And so I, when you mentioned Substack to me, I said, I, there's a guy I sort of know, but mostly I'm just a, a, a customer of, a reader of, but I'm sure he would talk to you and tell you about the details because he's spent a year, the last year, kind of learning what goes into making uh, a Substack kind of product and making a living from it and that's his entire well almost his entire living he has a column for a local newspaper but basically it's his entire living and so you and craig got to talk about the realities of it because i wanted you to be exposed to sort of like what's it going to be like and craig could be like you from a year in the future saying here's what i've learned <laughs> exactly and the weird part about it is i mean just to set a timeline so people understand when i say it's recent it was like less than two weeks ago and yeah. you know <laughs> It's weird because I, I felt, unless I'm remembering this wrong, I felt like you had kind of read because you sent me a, a text message uh, off of Twitter saying, you know, that's a thing you could do. And I know a guy who does it and he could totally talk to you about it. And I was like, huh, but really? OK. And and I, to you, who's been doing this for seven years and your own boss, um, it just made sense to you. And in a way that I was not really thinking about it and I didn't really obviously know much about Substack, but all of a sudden. I made a joke and then I was thinking, I wonder, cause people were like, I would read that. And you know, if you did a TV show or if you wrote about television on Substack at a, or about your, you know, mental health issues or something. And then, so you sent me a text saying, you know, you could do this and this guy will help. And, and that was less than two weeks ago. And Craig yeah. was super helpful, continues to be super helpful. Um, and then the big stumbling block, which we, which we kind of are hinted at earlier was just myself. Yeah. Um, I didn't want it to, I didn't want to do this full time. I didn't want it to, there to be a perception that like, oh, his deal's over. And, um, and, and this, in all honesty, I, I really struggled with it. I was like, I didn't want the perception to be like, well, now his deal's up and his show didn't get made. So he's just going to go back and, and back to the great. way it was. Right. Yeah. And, um, so I was just like mashing that around. I overthink everything literally. And, um, I talked to a couple people and the response I got was it, literally no one cares, but you. <laughs> and it was great. It was a great way to like to have the, the other anvil drop on my head because I was like, oh, uh, I get I, I guess that's right. I guess that's true. And so then I quickly talked to p other people. Uh, there, I have I have a couple of people who are mentoring me in the in the TV writing business, uh, people who have shows, uh, people who have run uh, 
<laughs> major channels that everybody listening to this has listened to now run film studios. I, I talked to, and to a person, they were all kind of mystified. Like, well, why wouldn't you do that? Like mm. that you're a, you are a TV critic. You're really good at what you do. You can do both. Yeah. And they were, they just, it was, in, it was kind of inconceivable to me. And they were just like, uh, yeah, of course. And my good friend, Peter Carlin said the same thing. So the response I got back was like, if you don't do a multiple things, you'll kind of go crazy, which I was, that was very clearly right. was happening. And, yeah. and a lot of us who are out here on the independent 21st century content creator kind of thing, right. You end up doing multiple things. Like I, I do a tech podcast and a pop culture podcast network and I write a website like I do all of those things. I have like six different jobs. And, you know, if one of your shows gets picked up and you have to show you, you have to show run something, then I could see you putting everything in neutral for a while and putting everything on pause and saying, I really need to do this with all of my attention right now. But, you know, the truth is most of even that work would come in a in a in fits and starts. Right. And like having multiple streams of income for one. And of attention for two is, I think, kind of natural and how most people do it. Um, so it, it seems like a good fit for you. Um, and and what you're not doing is saying, I'm not, you know, I forget those scripts. They're no good or whatever. It's like, I know you want to pursue that, but that's not 100% of your brain. No. And and again, you said you're doing six things. It's funny. I talked to so my friend Simon is a producer and a director, and he's got, a, you know, a hit Netflix show. And he's just written a, wrote a movie, all this stuff. And he says, yeah, if I don't have like six things going on at the same yeah. time, I, I kind of like go crazy because there's so much waiting around. And I was like, am I just that clueless that I was like, why is there so much waiting around? It, like, it just didn't occur to me to do anything. I think probably because I was obviously, uh, you know, I made a I made a pretty big, um, you know, a leap of faith and yeah. a, a late career change. And, and I wanted to, to work. And you were burned out, right? I, like, again, I just want to keep bringing it yeah. up. You, you were incapable of continuing the way you were because you had you had burned out. And now it's been two years, right? Like, so I think that's I think that's a big part of it, too, is that is that there needed to be some period of time where you didn't use that part of your brain, right? Like you needed yeah. to heal. You Absolutely. needed to let that healing go through you. I, I understand that. But yeah, you're right. And And even the most you talk to successful people. Um, like Simon, mm-hmm. it, it, you know, or if you take like a Mike Schur, right? Mm-hmm. He also doesn't have one job, right? Because he's got right. like this show that I'm writing and this show that I'm producing. And I'm mentoring this person, and and I've got this book that's coming out, and like that's just kind of how it works these days. So, so for all of us, I think, uh, I, I, you know, I think I'm glad you had that thought of like I can I can do more than one thing, and so the thus begins the bastard machine media empire again. I guess, except it's your, it's you now at, at the front of it instead of, you know, the Hearst Corporation or whatever, <laughs> whoever evil, owns THR, what, whatever <laughs> evil conglomerate owns THR today because yeah, it changes day to day. It changes a lot. Yeah. And it's, uh, yeah. It, so all of this is like super fresh. Uh, and, and you, not to put too fine a point on it, like everybody is kind of making fun of me for like being like the, really the only person who cared, uh, uh, you know, that I could do should just be doing one thing and people would say, Oh, um, so now that I know everybody, like the secret is everybody's doing multiple things and keeping themselves sane at the same time. Um, you know, and I have, uh, so my friend Peter Carlin is a, and he and I are working on a show. Peter, Peter wrote, um, a fantastic book about the, uh, history of Warner brothers records. Right. 
And we are going to try to turn that into uh, to a series. I mean, it's, you know, I wrote about this in the intro to uh, to my Substack, um, which is, you know, that as soon as I read the first chapter, I called them up and said, don't sell the rights to this, whatever you do. This is this is a TV show. It's Mad Men with, you know, with rock stars. It sells itself. So, you know, when we, he's working on another book as well. So when we ever get around to it, we'll do it. And then uh, Jandy Nelson, which a lot of people might might know, is a very successful YA author. And she's had two New York Times bestsellers. She's got a, a movie of one of her books that she wrote coming out on uh, Apple uh, TV Plus and in, on February 14th. And, you know, she used to be way back in the day. She was a literary agent who represented me. And even though I didn't do anything because um, we were looking for nonfiction books at the time. And I was like, nah. Uh, and she's like a big, you know, great novelist. And she was like, you should write a book. She's always been saying that. So I am writing a book now. And so, again, now I probably do have six things. But this this uh, this Substack, which I have to say, I'm insanely excited about. I probably haven't been this excited since I got the deal in 2019 and tried to th- start thinking about TV shows because uh, it, it's, a th- as, you know, I I was burnt out and now I'm excited to come back. And I love that I, I don't like I've asked you about shows. I crowdsourced on oh, Twitter. Yeah. Like, what should I watch um, the other day? Uh, you know, three of my critic friends, probably three of the biggest critics in the country were responding to me. I was like, here's two kind of like, I don't know if these are kind of crappy sci-fi shows. I just wanted something to like, not, and which one should I watch? And like, they all chimed in, which I thought was, I saw uh, that. That was very funny. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, this one's just crappy. Don't watch it. And this one is, is a little bit better than crappy. So if you're willing to accept something above crappy, I was raised yes. by wolves, by the way, was the recommendation. Invasion on Apple TV Plus, not a recommendation from the critics. I saw that whole thing go down. Yeah, I like haven't seen 90, Invasion either, but yeah, it's yeah. great. Like 90% of the people said, don't watch Invasion, and, yeah. and, and, and 10% said yes. But most people said, yeah, Raised by Wolves is super weird, but it's good. It's better. I don't know if it's good. Maybe it's great. I don't know. It was uh, Pony was, was like really saying funny things about it. So yeah. it was, I'm excited. But that's, that's, uh, that's cool. And honestly, I think you not so so obviously in in your old life you had to watch just an enormous amount of television but i think what we learned and you and i talked about this a lot on the last iteration of the the podcast is you know you had to split the work up because you you couldn't see everything which made the building of best lists at the end of the year impossible because you literally couldn't see anything or everything right right and so i don't think you're at a position now where you're at a disadvantage because you're not going to be able to spend the time that a a full-time tv critic could do watching everything because even a full-time tv critic can't watch everything so this is the era of picking your spots so you're going to be able to pick your spots in terms of watching new stuff in terms of watching re-watching stuff that is good and doing some, you know, visual studies class analysis on it, which I know is all part of your, your plan. I think, I think you're positioned to be able to do that in a way that, uh, that the, the truth is like TV is too big for one person now. So it's all okay. Um, yeah. And, and so what are you, what are you thinking? What are you planning on, on writing about, um, about uh, over on the Substack? Well, um, yeah, it's uh, you know, people can. And I'm here. I'm, I'm gonna tap myself like an ad. You can find it at timgoodman.substack.com, and yeah. or just if you follow me on Twitter, I've obviously pimping it out a lot because it's gonna it's gonna launch uh, on Monday, the same day this comes out. Yeah. Correct? Yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's the idea. 
And we're recording uh, it on Friday because the Warriors lost to the Pacers last night. Just all the behind the scenes. But yeah, we'll post this on Monday. <laughs> and so that you can go right then, officially right then to timgoodman.substack.com and sign up either for the free edition and you'll get some emails or you can give Tim your money and you'll get even more. And also you'll be giving Tim your money, which is a good yeah. thing too. It's uh and it's and I want people to like it's there's a lot of people who have signed up. I mean, actually, a ton of people have signed up, which is great, and um, and, and there will be free content and for a while for sure, and then there always will be some, uh, and then some stuff. I mean, that's just the nature of all subsects. So you put some stuff behind a paywall, and um, you know, Craig did that. He's very successful. There's a lot of really big writers who are on it, which was really impressive, and a lot of people I really like. Uh, and some people I follow over on Substack and I've just, now that I know about it, I'm kind of like, wow, what an interesting world. Uh, but it also has, uh, and I think you pointed this out too. It's like perfect opportunity for me because no, there's not, there's not really a ton of t- television criti- criticism there yet. It's still kind of a, even though they've been around for, for a while, they've really just in the last couple of years have really exploded. Um, Substack has and luring more people over to this sort of independent platform. So, but you're not gonna you're not gonna be like re- on the reviews treadmill. So, what what are you gonna what do you want to write over there? Well, you know, it's funny because I I the there's a, there's a welcome piece up right now that people can see, uh, and one of the first things I'm gonna do I've already written it, which was you've kind of hinted at this, and you don't I don't even think you know this, but you, I mean you definitely hit it right on the the head. Summer of 2017. I wrote a column that basically said, this can't, you can't, this is not how criticism can work anymore. Yeah. And, or should it work? You know, we can't just keep going, you know, people are drowning and this is 2017. It was the summer of 2017. That's a long time ago. It's longer than you and I have took a break from recording this. <laughs> and, uh, which seems really a long time. Uh, and I revisited that column and of course, nobody really made any changes. THR certainly didn't make any changes. Um, I was telling, I was trying to tell them, I'm like, man, if we're drowning, the readers are drowning, which they were. And, you know, people didn't know. And I said, but I get why they, why THR and other media outlets to this day don't really want to change the way that they're working. It's because new, 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 like what's coming out this week. Let's give people, let's give people a review of it. And I'm, I'm not really going to do that because, you know, it doesn't really matter anymore. It, there's so much out there. It's like, you know, you can never read all the great books in the world or listen to all the great bands and the albums. So you it, let's just, I want to curate a list of things that we do that I talk about. Um, you know, and most of it will be about television. If, if you, if people go in there, read the, the, the long introduction about what I'm, why I did it and what I'm hoping to do there, they'll get more information about kind of what the plans are. But on the TV side, it's primary, pr- primarily going to be that. I'll do other stuff as well. But, you know, to your question about what are you going to do? It's like there will be some reviews. I definitely want to go back. I mean, you and I, you've been in this conversation where we're talking about Station Eleven, which I just recently watched and finished. Um, y- you know, Peaky Blinders is coming up. Uh, <laughs> one of the one of the shows that I think is the best shows on show on television is the Drive to Survive Formula One on on uh, Netflix. I, I lost my mind when I discovered that show. It's a, obviously not a scripted series, but, and even if you don't like formula one, you should check it out. It's, it literally has every perfect detail of a dramatic storytelling. And I just burned through that really quickly. So I have been back watching television a little, a lot more lately. And, um, but yeah, so a lot of, so on Twitter, when I, once I started to move towards this idea and it was kind of toying around uh, on Twitter with like, kind of getting a sense of what people would want if i did something like this 
there was a discussion of like starting a TV club where we would do this kind of curated thing where there would be like, you know, you'd pick something kind of new, like Station Eleven, right? I mean, it's all ten episodes are already out on uh, HBO Max. Right. A lot of people haven't watched them yet. Um, and, or let's just you know fast forward into I think February when Peaky Blinders is going to come out. Um, I could start with episode, that ep- episode one of that. And then just once a week, I would do like um, an analysis of that episode and then open up the thread. And, and, and I really want to, I really want to engage with people in a way that I don't think that um, social media or Twitter in particular doesn't quite satisfy that. It is right. it definitely Craig pointed out. It's very much if, if you were in the blog world, uh, which all of us were, um, you in particular and Jason uh, and, and, you know, and, and Craig and, and me and some of my yeah. friends, you know, we all kind of came like, up that way. Like 15, 20 years ago at this point. <laughs> yeah. But it, it also has that, that fun feeling mm-hmm. again of yeah. like, you know, is it, you know, is it a blog? Is it a, is it a, is it a newsletter? Is it a, it doesn't really matter. It's, is it essay? It's just another publishing platform I said. And uh, you know, the, the, the idea is that, you know, I, I can, you know, really engage with people and talk television in a way I don't think I would do on Twitter because it gets lost in everybody else's feed. Sure. Um, I, I, George Saunders, the writer has a really, really great Substack called uh story club with George Saunders. And uh, I loved it. I thought that's a great idea. And people were talking already to me about a TV club. So that's going to work. I'm also feel like I'm just going to drop some reviews in um, of, of things that, and, and, and not be, I can still be critical, critical, but I, I I've already pointed this out in the welcome uh, note is that I'm not going to write about bad shows. I just, life is too short. I'm yeah. Past that. Yeah. Yeah. Why bother? Um, I'm, I'm going to throw out some ideas. Okay. Uh, you, you know, you, and you haven't heard any of these cause I'm just making them up now, but we'll, <laughs> okay. we'll figure it out. Which is one is if you need any help getting the HTML for the, for the power rankings, just let me know. <laughs> well, you have done that twice now. <laughs> so, I mean, it could happen again. You never know. And I thought, well, if you don't want to do the power rankings, maybe you also make it that the people who are part of your community over there uh, do some do some nominations and some voting and they build uh, oh, like Substack power rankings yes. uh, from the from the readers. Some there's there's interactive ideas about power rankings anyway. I feel like you own the power rankings. So, you could do that however you want. You can do historical power rankings, current power rankings, however you want to do it. So, I'll throw that out there as an idea power um, rankings is good I, I could take it back from pace magazine who stole it from me which stole from you exactly right um i love the idea of of some watch alongs and and consideration of stuff that's recent or currently airing i think it's great um i am so glad that you watched station 11 i'm a little bit behind you i haven't watched the whole thing i've got a couple left but mm-hmm. i i read you talking about it as I started watching it and you mentioned that on your long walks around your neighborhood in Rockridge that you had like, uh, you know, you got to carry a knife, right? Cause you never know who might jump out at you. And then I watched station 11. I'm like, Oh, carry a knife. I got it. Uh, but I just wanted to say, since you mentioned it, station 11 is exactly my kind of TV show. Like I yeah. love it. 
I, mm-hmm. I love it dearly. Like I love everything about it. And I know you really love the leftovers and I did. this has got, this has got a lot of the people who did leftovers and it's got some leftovers vibes to it, but like that and what and Watchmen as well, which was a mm-hmm. brilliant piece of work. It's a lot of the same people. It's that sort of not Damon Lindelof, but a lot of the people who worked with Damon Lindelof on those shows did station 11. Yeah. Patrick Somerville, I believe is the one who did it. I can't remember if that's Who's the exactly show, right. showrunner. And then like Core Jefferson did it. And like, there, there's a bunch mm-hmm. of familiar names. Um, but it's so good and and you can see that it's that uh it's that same kind of confident storytelling of saying one of the great things about it being a TV show and it's based on a novel that I read and did a podcast about like however wow. many 7 8 years ago when that Emily St. John Mandel book came out wow um okay. so I've read the book but like the confidence to say we're doing a TV show and and it's not I know this uh, your colleague uh, Alan Seppenwall, a TV critic at Rolling Stone now always has this uh, thing and he's right which is if you're making an eight hour long movie why don't you call it a movie if it's a TV show it's got episodes it should not be just a movie chopped into bits right. and that's the beauty of Station Eleven is it is film level in terms of the quality of it. But it knows it's a TV show, and that means that it's got the episode about this, and the episode where this happens, and the episode that is, and 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 it allows itself to be divergent and say, you know, every episode's going to be different, and it's going to feel different, but they're all connected. And when you watch them in sequence, you your brain puts it together just like the frames on a moving picture. Your brain puts the episode sequence together, and you get this gestalt of it, and it's like. To have the confidence to do that, I think more creators should have the confidence to do it. But when it's going strong, and Station Eleven is a great example of that, you're like, yeah, that's what it should be. Like, this is what TV shows should be like today, is to have the confidence of Station Eleven. It's really good. So good. And I think, you know, it's it's also one that I'm I'm considering doing because, um, you know, that's the beauty of it. And not to, you know you know, beat this to death, but I started it in 2017 with that column and nothing's changed. It's like, there's plenty of content. There's people who are listening to this going, I've never actually never heard of station 11. I don't know what a sub stack <laughs> is either. So I guess I should try yeah, both, know. you know, and it's, and you know, uh, look, I was really late to squid game and like everybody had already seen it. And I was like, yeah, I've been kind of in a hole, but I still watched it and other in, and other shows. But there's so many shows people don't know. It doesn't, nothing matters anymore. There is no right. season. There is no, there's no need for premieres. There's no need for finales. Everything can just be, you can just pull it off a shelf and we can all talk about it at the same time. So I think I might use that. Yeah. Um, but just as an example of kind of like what I'm going to do in my approach where I don't, I'm not going to talk about bad television because uh, I just, you know, I'm all, I'm, I'm much more positive these days. And I just, I just, that's not my job anymore. But I, there, you can still be critical and have critical takes within something that's really good. Um, and also I think that's more fascinating to me now that, that I'm doing it. Uh, I'm, I also think people's own interpretations of it are fascinating, especially this station 11, because it was a really beloved book. It's very different than the book. And, uh, you know, my partner read the book, you read the book. She was saying they didn't do this at all. And, but when I talked to people on Twitter about station 11, I got a great consent because I was like, okay, people who read the book, help me out here. How do you like it? And every basically it was a win-win for the book and a win-win for the show. People liked both. They liked the differences that they employed Mm -hmm. on the television show. And I think there's a way to jump into that conversation um, and be critical because there's a, there's an episode of, 
and I really, I really love Station Eleven. There's a, there's an episode that didn't work for me at all. Uh, nor my partner. She read the book and she's like, "That's not even in the book." And and she's like, "I don't even know what the." Because I was like, "Because I was like, what, what's happening here?" I'm like, "Is this in the book?" She's like, "Nope." She's like, "I don't even know what this is." And you know, it's later. You haven't gotten to it yet. And I was just like, oh, this this is missing it. And there's like there were a couple of things where I was like, I wouldn't have done that, which is great, right? You you, you could say that because you're you're writing and I, I and and what works. But there were a couple of people on on Twitter when I mentioned there's a there's a an episode and some scenes I don't like. They're like, oh, I love that that. And now I want to know why. Right. right? Yeah. Gets interesting to mm-hmm. to pick it apart. Well, that's I I mean, so for people who don't know my background, like I started the incomparable. As a podcast, it's also a network now that this podcast is on uh, in 2010. It and is. my, my, so many things. Uh, my goal was I wanted to talk about things that I was enthusiastic about. Yep. And I wanted to talk about them critically. And like, mm-hmm. crit, be, that, that is not for everybody. Like, some people just want to cheerlead and some people just get to have fun beaten down on something. But like, that, that for me, what you described is is the thing that I enjoy and that I think is the sweet spot, which is, you know, life's too short to to dwell on the stuff that's crappy. There's crappy stuff. You just say that was didn't work for me and you move on. But yep. if it's something that you liked, like what makes it so great is the unfolding that happens when you analyze it and you say, why was this great? And what did it do right? And what did it do wrong? And like, what are the flaws in this thing that I love? And to take, like, I've had this happen where like a movie that I've seen 20 times and we watch it and we talk about it and I, and I'm talking to three other people about it. And each of us has three or four observations about it that none of us have made before. And we've right. all seen it a bunch. And it's like, it's so beautiful. Like, cause it is art, but it is also, you know, subjecting art to analysis it helps you understand it better and understand yourself better and that's the beauty of it so you don't you know it's not just like i'm just gonna say hey this show's great yay but it's like i love this show and here's why and here are the things that it sort of fails on but it makes up for it by these things like that's i think that that is i think this is a good time uh to do that kind of criticism as well as just pointing out to people did you know that this thing exists that is great, and you should go watch it. I remember you and I talking about Detectorists a lot on the podcast, which is a oh, show that yeah. nobody nobody knew that it even existed. And I know that you've talked about, oh, what was the slow TV show that you really loved? Um, oh, Rectify. Yeah, right. And it's like nobody knows it. But it's like, right. no, no, you should just go seek it out. Or Happy Valley, for mm-hmm. example, oh, is something. Yeah, or the A, the, the A word, right? Like there are these shows yes. that like – that have, were were Tim shows, <laughs> but like people didn't know, and that like there's so much value in going up to somebody and saying, "Go, go watch." Like uh, when the Good Place was over, I, I told a bunch of people who were really sad about the Good Place. I said, "Go watch Detectorus. It's the I know it's not the same, but it's kind of the same vibe. Go watch it because it's so great." And people are like, "Do what?" Right? Like they have no idea. And so that's a, there's huge value in that too of just trying to shine a light on things that you think are great. And sharing that with other people so that they, because everybody's overwhelmed with peak TV. Everybody ah. doesn't know. No, there's no app that will will s- float the right thing up to the top. And we're all just sitting there staring at the top level of Netflix going, huh? So now is <laughs> right. the time. Yeah. And, and it's it's funny because people who, yeah, if you're not on the, we could be have different algorithms in our each of our houses when we watch uh, Netflix. We sure. never watch the same show unless it, unless it was Squid Game, which of, of course got on everybody's <laughs> right. international radar. But look, that took that dude ten years to make that show. So 
and people said no to him for 10 years. So uh, <laughs> it's, you know, there's a, there's a ton of opportunity. I still find people on Twitter who are talking about um, detectorists and discovering it. Um, me getting back on Twitter more and announcing this sub stack and, and saying that it's going to launch uh, Monday and I'm going to be back writing about television and while I write this book and try to do television, uh, like my, write my own television series and, and, and write about music and just try to have, like I joke that it's like, welcome to my multiverse. I, can, I have a lot of, dude, I was the, I was the golf writer for South African sports illustrated. I can do a lot of things. And so <laughs> that's kind of, you know, of course I didn't know that until everybody just said, uh, yeah, why what would you not? Why do you, no one cares, but you. Uh, so I'm really embracing that. Um, but yeah, people are discovering, New shows. I'm, I'm. I can't wait to go re- revisit it with yeah. with people. Well, and and we've got an information advantage on you, which is that you did have that time where you weren't watching anything. So you, you're all all of the people who've been listening to you about TV for all the years. We're all going to be reflecting back on you shows that you should check out now. Which oh, is absolutely. Going to be really interesting. Yeah, it's it's such a weird period to like <laughs> to get that, and that's already started to happen. I'm still like, what what show? And then like, oh my god, that happened with. Squid Game and people like were like, oh, you really were in a cave. Like yeah. you weren't even joking that you were not watching TV. Like you haven't watched Squid Game yet. They're just out of it. Uh, you know, and then the Beatles documentary came out. It was oh <sighs> yeah. my God. I would I tell you, when I watched that, I was like, oh, I really do miss writing about television mm-hmm. right now. I could write the hell out of this. Yeah, and, I did, you know, I did I a podcast about that. It was it <laughs> yeah. was great, and was one of those things where we were all kind of like drilling down into details and talking about how it's interesting that they never really mentioned that John is uh, totally strung out on heroin, and <laughs> it's like it's great. Oh my god, so much, so much there. Well, yeah, this is so. This is great. Like you're 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 uh, you're officially back, and you're going to be doing stuff. What are we gonna? Are we gonna do TV talk machines? Are we gonna? Uh, do yeah. we know what we're going to do here? I, I love that before we started, we we're like, should we just talk about what we're going to do or should we just go with it? And we're like, let's just go with it. This it's, is all we ever did. We always winged it. Like, exactly. In fact, I'm reading the notes for the last episode we did, episode 250 in May of 2020. And it says, we read a few of your letters and a million of your pandemic viewing suggestions, none of which appear in the show notes because it's <laughs> on brand till the end. It's like, yeah, yeah. Why prepare? Yeah, that's and you know, look, it's wabi, it's wabi sabi. I'm a total embracer yeah. of uh, the wabi sabi lifestyle. You know, just it's it's but, good as it is. I, but I like the idea of you know, I don't look. The old format was um, was literally uh, I would look at your columns at THR and write them down, and then we would talk about them and what mm-hmm. was coming up that you were reviewing. Like, that's not going to work. So the question is sort of like, how can this be an extension of and referral to what you're writing on your Substack, so that people who like podcasts can uh, listen to you talk about some of the things that you're thinking about over there and that people who, you know, obviously people who don't like podcasts, just why are you, why are you even here? You, <laughs> you don't have to, it's not mandatory, but like, I feel like there's a good, this happens with me, right? Where I write text things on six colors and then I talk about them on upgrade. And sometimes I talk about them on upgrade and it leads me to write something at six colors. And it's all part of this, again, the independent content creator kind of uh, cycle is that it is that one feeds into the other. And I know that happened occasionally with THR where we talk about something here and then you'd be like, Oh, that I, I got a column idea. <laughs> yeah, out of that. Yes, definitely. It's so, so, I mean, I think we'll figure it out and I don't know how often we're going to do these, but it would be nice if we, you know, we'll t- we're going to try to do them, but we, we also don't know how the Substack's going to go, right? Like how, how you're going to find your way in terms of what you're writing and how often and all of that. So I guess what I'm saying is 
there will be more TVTMs, but we have to figure it out. Yeah, so, and I, sounds right. And yeah, I think that's the perfect way to do it to describe it. But I, I think we both really want to do it, and I think we want to do them as as often as there's something really good to talk about. And I think a lot of that, just what you said, it's like I have ideas of how I want the um, my Substack Bastard Machine Substack to work out, uh, and I very. I, you know, I wrote in the intro, like six things, topics that I'll be covering that, that span different things. Yeah. I mean, television's the main one, but, um, you know, I said, it's TV plus it's like, you're going to have all this stuff. Um, re- I'll have reviews. I'll have like a, a TV club for people who want to do that and want to be really social about breaking down, you know, station 11 or the Beatles documentary, whatever we're watching. I just use, use those as an, as an example, people who really want to be social. And I really want to do that and get into discussions. That's for them. If you're not into that, then you can just like, you know, maybe I'll, I'll, re- I'll review. And when I say review, not like preview before it comes out, but like a few episodes in, I'll be like, hey, I'm watching this thing, whether it's Detectorist or, you know, the A word or whatever. And I, and, I, and I think it's brilliant. And here's why I think it's brilliant. And it'll just be a one off. And as they come up, we'll have top topics to talk about for TVTM. I'm really happy that we're doing it again. Uh, response on, on Twitter has been good for people who said, oh, uh, it, would this also include you guys relaunching oh, TVTM? We 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 told you p- people are like Jason. Were you surprised? And I'm like, no, I knew this was coming. I didn't know you were going to mention the the return of TVTM in the write up. <laughs> I was like, oh oh, I guess it is happening. Okay, uh, but but yeah, it's it's there are people out there. We told them in episode 250, uh, whatever that was, 19 months ago, not <laughs> to delete this from their podcast player because you never knew knew you know it, the machine. It's just pulled over to the side of the road, not dismantled, and eventually, with some new parts, we could we could rev it up again. And so we're revving it up again. And it, it's it's not maybe we will end up figuring out a pace. Is it going to be every other week, every month, whatever? We don't know, but um, people were excited because I think people missed us, <laughs> which is great. Nice to That's hear. Good to hear. Always here. Yeah. Uh, it's a little little uh, uh, eerie, but also really nice that that people are are listening. I, I'm going to do a plug, by the way. Um, I uh, I started a podcast where I'm talking about like super intense like streaming wars <laughs> level strategy with uh, Julia Alexander who used to write at Polygon and The Verge and is now uh, writing co- a column for Puck and she's at Parrot Analytics where she's gauging like demand for streaming shows and all that. She's wow. so smart. Um, and so if you're interested in the the, the peak streaming aspect of this dear listeners check it out it's called downstream it's at relay.fm or you can just search your podcast player for downstream and we do that every other week and it's very much focused on uh the commerce part um and and not as focused on the art part and if i had to describe sort of the way that tvtm and downstream are different <laughs> that would be it mm-hmm. but um but she's so smart and like the netflix results just came out and she's got all these takes already so i can't wait to dig in with her on tuesday about that so so people if you want more tv content in your podcast player uh, check that out. That's we, perfect. I'm, and I like when you told me about that because I was like, oh yeah, that's, I mean, we, because we did that, you and I were doing that yeah. on TVTM for a really long time. Yeah. And we do letters and, over there and there's a, there's an email address and I say love to your mothers. So it's, we're I'll trying, see, it's, we're keeping the perfect. flames of TVTM alive over there. And now here's the machine is back over here. I put, so. yeah. And I said love to your mothers in my opening uh, salvo over on, on Substack. But I, it's funny because when you told me you were going to do that, 
I was just like, oh, I think that's a great idea. And I'm really happy that I don't have to like worry about the streaming wars. Now I can just listen to you talk about it. And I'll yeah. be like, oh, that who? Peacock? What is well, that? And then, <laughs> and then you can take, I mean, the beauty of it is, because I do this with other other podcasts and other newsletters, is you could listen to Downstream and then say, huh, this gives me an idea for a piece in my newsletter. <laughs> right? And then you're yeah. like, call free column idea. It's it's the ecosystem. It's how it works. Um, okay. So before we go, okay. I have one more thing, Tim. All right. I have a letter. <laughs> Wow. That was that sent, is, wow. Okay. That was sent in, in September of 2020. <laughs> so it's been oh waiting. God. It's been waiting. Woo, blow the dust off of it. And okay. here it goes. It's from okay. Seth. And it goes, Hey Tim and Jason, I found myself reading about the new Netflix version of the Three Body Problem, which is a book that uh, I read, from a okay. TV guide email. TV guide. <laughs> I don't even remember signing up for their emails. They just started showing up. And now this is what I've been reduced to with the demise of the one TV news source I trusted. (laughs) So I'm asking if I want a single source for TV news reviews and commentary and my tastes align well with yours, I'd say closer to Jason, but I've generally liked and trusted most of your recommendations. Where would you send me? Please don't leave me reading TV guide. (laughs) I'm not ready to be my grandfather just yet. Thanks. Seth in the 617. Wow. Love it. Oh my God. Well, now Steph is now Steph can go in the 617 can go uh, find Bastard Machine back. Seth, at, <laughs> yeah, Seth your answer is timgoodman.substack.com. <laughs> uh and there's there's good stuff out there i think our point that we that we made earlier is is absolutely true which is there is no one source anymore they're kind of i don't think so you can't there's like no one can do it find find people who you align with like if you read seppenwall stuff at rolling stone and you're like ah seppenwall yeah i get him um even if you don't agree with him all the time like when he was doing his how i met your mother deconstructions way back when Mm -hmm. i i felt like i kind of understood alan seppenwall and like now i read his stuff and like i can tell whether he likes it or not i can tell whether i'll like it (laughs) based on it which is like again you once you know a critic so so i'd say find critics that you can you can grok and you can understand and 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 you know also sign up for tim's Substack. that's really what i'm saying seth Yes, and that's uh, and that's Thank free. You for and, uh, yeah, oh my god, I, 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 we so great if he actually heard that letter oh. read like almost. Two oh man, years later. no, I think we just blew Seth's mind right now as that he's was, listening to this. I'm sure be... he is out there listening. And by the way, podcast at tvtalkmachine.com. <laughs> is it still alive? It is still alive. I yeah, I had to blow some dust off of the domain too, but man. it's working. It's man. still there. It is. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's great to uh, like to have gone back. I, I will tell people, I don't, I don't want to kill a bunch of time, but I, I actually went back and I listened one night about two or three months ago to, I feel it was two months ago to, uh, to, to, um, interviewing, uh, Stephen Colbert. Oh yeah. Right. And I thought I just, that, that night was so visceral and I, I was just like, I kind of want to get back into this because I, you know, being in discussions and talking and I was like, I wonder if I could. And I was like, well, Jason always said we could dust off the TVTM when we're ready. And I think we're ready now. I guess so. Is the world ready for it? Well, too bad. It's happening. (laughs) Too late now. (laughs) It's too bad. All right. Well, uh, again, this episode is brought to you by (laughs) timgoodman.substack.com. Please go there. And, um, I look forward to what you write over there and to to discovering cool stuff to watch from 
you and the community that you're going to build over there. And uh, I look forward to another episode of TVTM that probably won't happen uh, in 19 months. So <laughs> that's good. I'm going to we're going to improve on that uh, on that uh, speed, no doubt. And there will be plenty of stuff to talk about, I think. So that's good. And I'm, I'm happy we're back. I really yeah, am. Yeah, it is. So we are back. Thank you to everybody out there for listening and for keeping us in your hearts and in your podcast players. And until, how do we, how do we end this? Until next time. Bye, everybody. Bye, bye everybody. Bye.